Good evening and welcome along to Clare FM Sideline View. It's Terry Clinch with you for the next hour. Coming up on the show, new Clare Ladies football manager Wayne Freeman looks ahead to the start of the National League campaign. We'll hear from the Clare GA Club in New York after last weekend's celebrations and we'll talk to Avenue United and Newmarket Celtic ahead of their FAI Junior Cup road trips along with our usual Greyhound focus. We start this week though with ladies football where Clare begin life under new manager Wayne Freeman with the trip to Sligo on Sunday afternoon for the opening round in Division 3 of the National League. It's a new look management and a new look panel with no representatives from either defending club champions Banner Ladies or last year's beaten finalist Kilmehill. There is a return though to inter-county action for Captain Quiva Harvey while a number of last year's All-Ireland minor winning squads are expected to feature across the season. Ahead of Sunday's game, I've been speaking with Wayne Freeman to see how he's settling into the role. Yeah, settling in well. Um, we've been uh, been down now about two months. It's January, so November and December. Um, doing gym work and really only kind of gone to the pitch in December. So um, we're probably... You know, just building the foundations and really only getting going now in January, you know, preparing for the league. So we've we've settled in really well. You're not a stranger to this Clare team in particular, I suppose. Uh, you were in the Louth Colours in Cusick Park not that long ago. A good victory on that occasion. But obviously, you must have seen something in that Clare team in that campaign that when the job became available, attracted you to it? Ah, yeah. Look, uh, like my three years kind of come up, finished up in Louth, you know, and it most most managers kind of do your your three year stint, and then that's most likely you know is um you kind of run your time. So, but we'd be sitting down at the end of the, the year when we finished up with and we we done it quite early um to give the county a chance, you know, to 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 look and and give them time to to recruit a new manager, um out of respect to Loud and we time to think about things and you know uh, Evan kind of stepped down after us so um. We we had a look at that and we were kind of thinking before the the job was even advertised that it would be a nice position. There's fantastic players in Clare, fantastic technical footballers, and to play a lovely brand and want to play a lovely brand of football. So that was probably the you know the biggest attraction was that the the philosophy is such the natural philosophy of the girls in in Clare. You know, tend to run very closely to our own hearts here in Kildare and in a kicking a kicking game and a fast transition game. So. Yeah, they were probably the the you know the original tasteful ideas that we were thinking at the time. So, which made the job very appealing to us. And I guess as well, you were walking into a dressing room that had been desperately unlucky not to reach an All Ireland final. Uh, obviously, going to that extra time with Leash and and Mon Ernie turning it on at, at crucial periods. But then you know the All Star nominations followed. It's it's a high enough profile gig in, at that level. Yeah, it is. Yeah, and look, they've been knocking on the door uh, for numerous years, you know. And I think I, I, I wouldn't be speaking now a term when you know at the at the beginning of every year, Claire be looked at one of the favourites to win an All Ireland, you know. And on paper, when when you put players out on paper and you read the the programs, there there's always a fantastic fifteen out and and brilliant players, you know, that play high level, you know, uh, college football, and you know have won all stars like you said and have a play a high level in other sports as well. So um you know they they've always been deemed favourites, if not the favourites, but one of the favourites. So yeah, in, in some respects it is a it is a high profile job and, and look at that there's responsibility there on us to take that on as well. You know, it's a I suppose when we took over in Loud they were just out of junior and it was probably about settling the ship and maybe bringing our own kind of Philosophy too loud, and maybe and we probably changed it up a little bit down there um, to bring bring our style in. And I suppose with Claire, there's probably similarities there. So the changes, you know, and the, the good work that's been done before us, um, it's about you know probably getting our own stamp on it, but continuing on the good work that's been previously done as well, and at county board level. And I suppose there's a bit of continuity for yourself as well. You've you, you've referenced us there, um, in that piece. Like you, you kind of have a, a management team that that are with you, so you kind of know each other and what you're looking for. Yeah, and look, um, Brian and Lee, they've been we've been together now probably seven years. Um, they come, we go everywhere together nearly. You know, they're 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 two fantastic coaches. Um, you know, Lee's a coach and he does our stats and analysis as well. And then Brian, you know, just day in, day out coach, working with players, technical coach. And, you know, they're just two really good guys, you know, they've great ways with players and, and players seem to be drifting towards them, you know, just even have conversations with them outside of football. And, you know, they're just that kind of people. And um, so they're, they're, they've been fantastic for me. And, um, 
yeah, no, okay, we've been together, like I said, seven years, so we do have a good team team in place going forward. And with own, um, we are with a good strength and conditioning coach this year, on McMahon. Um, so yeah, no, we, we have we have a good team in place. Um, the girls seem to be enjoying what we're doing at the moment. Um, yeah, and everything seems to be quite positive, you know. So we're happy enough with how it started. Yeah, I was just going to ask that. Has the the expectations then met the reality of what you've kind of experienced for the last couple of months? Yeah, and I look at like I think for us even in training, you know, we we're, we're really enjoying it. Um, like I was saying, that the philosophy, the players, and ourselves, our values kind of cross over quite well. So in training, you know, it's very exciting for us because we tend to like to see certain things happen in training and it's kind of a natural way for Claire, you know. So we do, we thought, you know, we, like little kids going down some nights or coming home some nights, you know, after just a good session and, and the girls putting in big performances and, you know, uh, looking like they're really enjoying it. They're moving really well at the moment. So um, it has been a good start. It's been a positive start um, and, you know, everyone seems in good form and, you know, we're just, we're building quite slowly at the moment, you know, it's just, Going from the gym to the field to challenge games, we're just trying to time it right. Um, you know, it's a it's a marathon year because with the split season, you're coming from club into you know college football and you have other sports involved there as well. The background into the county, so it, for for county footballers, it can be quite long, and it can kind of continue. You know, it can continue around into itself in some ways. So we didn't really want to rush into anything. We wanted to give them that that small break at the start and, and spend a bit of time in the gym not to be rushing back out into the field into the you know the, the wet and the, the wind and keep them out of it for a while and, and, and slowly get back out into the field and try and, try and time it right then for, for Sligo in two weeks Yeah and I suppose keep yourselves out of the rain as well everyone's trying to do that uh, the, these last couple of days um, <laughs> I, you mentioned like you'd obviously you'd have known quite a number of the high profile names coming down as well but uh, we understand there's a, a couple may not be around in, in 2023 um, w- would that be much of a, a concern? Um, well I wouldn't say a concern you know it, it's obviously it's, it's it's disappointing that there's a few of them not around but it's it's very much individual and, and you know it's you know, it's just there's other things going on. Like the life probably has taken over for some of them, you know. And um, for some of the players, their hands are tied. You know, we've a couple out of the country, um, that physically can't get back. You know, I would have had conversations with them, and they're they're age, and you know, they're they're disappointed that they they can't play this year. Um, so you know, it's just life has gone the way for for this season. But that's football, you know. And look, in, in every county team, you have a transition of players every year, you know. So it's no different than any other team I suppose just there's a couple of names that you know to come back in this year high, more high profile like you said but we've we've brought in you know players that have been there previously who were away last year have come back in and you know um, numbers wise they've probably crossed over quite well you know we've lost six or seven brought in six or seven who would have been there previously who have come back and a couple of younger girls in as well and around the panel so we're carrying probably about 34 35 at the moment, um, yeah, no, it's been, it's been quite positive, you know, so there's um, disappointment probably not the word I would use, you know, it's just life got in the way for them and that's and that's it, you know, and I, of course we never close the door on any of them as well, you know, because their situations are what they are and some for some of them or for most of them it's not their fault, you know, so we've never closed the door on them and they're always welcome back in. Hopefully that occurs as the year goes on. And as you said, some of the younger players there, obviously um, a couple of those will be stepping up from that, that minor victory last year, which is a great foundation to have as well. Yeah, it's nice and they're enthusiastic as well. You know, they're they're full of energy. Um, you know, Eamor, the captain, even just to name one off the top of my head, uh, you know, she she's absolutely flying. It. She's, a, she's a great girl for the future there. And there's a few others. Um, so they're, they're, they're full of confidence and they're full of energy. And, you know, the, it's great because they're they're, very much, you know, in the, still in a development phase as such because they're only 17, 18 and, and they're getting into work with some senior players now and, you know, get to that senior intensity and senior levels and, and continue their growth in that regard. So it's been brilliant working with them and they're, they're a breath of fresh air to, to work with, you know. Um, and, of course, off the back of last year, you know, winning their All-Ireland medal, um, it's just continuing on that confidence and, and you know they're on a bit of a high so you're trying to keep them there as long as you can you know so because football is a it's an interesting game and confidence can go up and down very quickly so um you're just trying to keep them keep them happy and keep them believing in themselves and keeping them you know on that on the right track 
And as you said, that league campaign is up first, Division 3. I don't think that'll bother too many people. It's a, a section where Clare can, I'd imagine, be quite competitive. Um, and it's that back to the old structure, I suppose. We know it was broken down mm. between a, a 2A and 2B and all that kind of thing. Is that a positive from your point of view? I know Evan would have spoken before last year's league that you know it was only the couple of games and he didn't feel it was enough for players. Uh, are you pleased now that it's returned to the, 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 the bigger format? Yeah, I, I, from what I can gather from most in the county managers, I think that we all are pleased. Um, previous, the last pre- the two years, it became very much championship, championship, championship. Um, you know, you were surviving all year, or the, the like. The top teams were at the top level, but you know, for Clare, it was very unfortunate for them last year. You know, Division Two is, you know, it could. It's very tough. It's really tough, and if you split in half, it becomes even tougher, and you. you it becomes about survival, and I, I can I could understand that, and I could relate to it because loud we'd won Division Four the previous year and gone up to Division Three, and the split was still in place, and we were hoping for a full league campaign that we could get settled into it. You know, we'd a draw against Ligo in our opening game, and then you know all of a sudden you're under serious pressure. If you lose another game, you're in relegation, and that's only two games into a league campaign. So it's very unfair on teams, you know, who are getting promoted or relegated to try and settle into a division. So I think we're all probably happy with the, the seven games. Like I said, with the small transition of players for us, um, it's great that we're going to get to see them in competitive action. You know, it's all right playing challenge games, playing well in, in them games and, you know, doing well in training and being competitive in training, but to step out into a league game in, in, in poor weather, which, you know, the first probably four or five games will be in, you know, and get into the trenches with other teams and, and fight for two points. It's it really shows up players and it's gonna give them all a great chance to fight for the Your Ireland squad as such. So um we're we're looking at it very positively and we're excited now to get going. And I suppose on a purely practical level as well, it, it eats up the time between league and championship. I know that was a huge concern last year, that big gap. And I know it was filled a little bit by the Connacht League, but there was a the couple of terms and conditions applied there. Um, not sure yeah. if they're going back in for that yet, and we'll, we'll worry about that later on. But it'll probably help you structure your season a little bit better, having it that bit more extended from a league point of view. Yeah, no, well, we're going to be moving into a, a Munster um, provincial system in, in some capacity that's not confirmed yet by Munster of what. Um, the structures are there. Um, I know Leitrim and Sligo voted against us for to go back into the Connacht next year. Um, but uh, yeah, look, the, the Connacht was great for them last year just for games because it's very important. You know, Clare would have been left outfield by themselves because mm. it would have been nearly impossible for them to get games. And you know, when you have massive break weeks, you, you need games put in place. And I know even uh, managers are looking for the, the three week gap in the middle of the league to see will we play them in a challenge. You know, so. Last year, you're looking at probably trying to get four or five challenge games in the middle of a, what should be a league campaign. So we were all playing a similar amount of games anyway. So the games that are, you know, concrete, that they're there in place. It's brilliant, you know. So it it just stops all that kind of messing around and it gives structure, and it gives it it gives players, you know, goals and short term, medium term goals as well. You know, of where they are throughout the squad, whether it's breaking into the thirty or the fifteen or the top twenty match day twenty, you know, it. it gives them opportunities to target a competition and see where they are at the end of that competition and then as a group you know where we are as well and you know for us with new faces and new bodies in you know we want to be very competitive in division three but we want to try and do it the right way which is you know in a squad rotation so that's going to be a challenge but it's going to be very important to make sure that everyone gets a fair shot at being in our squad for the All-Ireland so Overall, it's 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 quite positive, and yeah, like it it does it does fill fill the weeks in the middle as well, you know, which is great. The views there of Clare Ladies Football Manager Wayne Freeman ahead of their National League opener on Sunday afternoon. That one has a two o'clock start in Currie GAA Club in Sligo. Now, last weekend saw the Clare GAA New York Hurling Club celebrate their success of 2022, which saw them win the New York Junior Championship. The club had been reformed just 12 months previously after a 17-year absence. I travelled to the Big Apple for the celebrations and met with some of those involved. First up, we can hear from club chairman Pat Scanlon of Lissy Casey, vice chair Mike Kennedy from Kilmeley. But the first word goes to team manager Tubbers Noel Cummin. It was a fantastic year and culmination, I suppose, of two years' efforts. Um, you know, everything came together. We had a big win in the end, but uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that easy all year. It's 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 a hard gig to keep going here the whole time. So, I suppose it's upwards and onwards now for next year. 
and Pat, along with Noel, I suppose, the two of you are credited most with maybe reviving the hurling club. I think after a 17-year absence and then to win the championship almost at the first time of Askin was an incredible feat. Oh, yeah, it was great. Like It was great. I suppose I was glad to have to, uh, I'd met Noel here of a Sunday evening and she said, what are you thinking? We took it from there. And two years later, we're looking forward to playing in the Senior Hurling Championship here next year. And Michael, I know we spoke at the time under a different auspice about the club reforming and you know you were eager at the time as well as for Clare Leds to have that opportunity to wear the saffron and blue here. There was a number of them on that team. It made it that bit extra special, did it? Oh yeah, there was a great Clare contingent. Uh, we had The first year we had quite a few, but then last year with the uh, J1ers coming back, we picked up nine or ten really good lads from all over, but most of them were from Clare and that, that's really what drove us on, I believe, yeah. Yeah, I suppose just for people at home that may not know, obviously we know Noel is Tubber, Pat is Kilmaley, or Pat is uh, Lissy Casey slash Kilmaley, I suppose you're, you're tied at the hip there, lads, and, and Mike, Mike obviously uh, Kilmaley as well, and we'll, we'll get into the, the local stuff, I know there's rivalries indeed at club level here even in New York, it doesn't just stop at the, the home border either, um, but Noel from your own point of view, like you, you were the trainer, coach of the team, manager, trying to stitch it all together, but not new to you, obviously people know your background in that role. Yeah, look, um, I've, I suppose I've been involved in coaching, refereeing and, you know, as a player and that. And when you knit it all together, it gets a little bit easier. But, um, you know, I think just when we got set up here first, um, I think Mike alluded to there, like, I mean, we had a different, maybe we had a different team in the first year. Um, but getting the, getting the um, you know, getting the new boys in and look, we're very, very fortunate to have some cracking hurlers coming over. Um, you know, I'm not going to go into names, but we just had a, a real, real good mesh on it and um, yeah Let's get into the background of how you found New York first Michael we'll start with yourself a man with a, a championship medal in his back pocket underage for Clare as well uh, you can probably hear there in the background folks this is New York we're going to have traffic pollution there's no getting away from that uh, didn't Kilmaley we're in now at the minute but uh, what attracted you to the States in the first place Mike? Well I guess I was fortunate enough to be born here in the in the 60s and I always you know I always knew I would come here at some stage and you know, things were very, very poor in Ireland in the mid-80s, so that's really... There was a lot of us leaving. There was Everybody was leaving at that point, for, whether it was permanently or um, temporarily. So um, that was really it. I, I, knew, I knew I was going to show up here at some stage and stay then, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Did you get involved immediately in the GA here at the time, or, or how long did that take to, to, to grow into you? Well, I was always around Gaelic Park. I was never really involved with any of the teams till my own uh, lads started growing up. The girls first, the two, uh, Katie and Bella, and then Christopher came in, and you know he was. Uh, I'm involved with the Rangers Club here now for quite a few years, and then I got roped in by the man next to me here into the Clare setup. Then so we joined that as well, you know. Yeah. It grew from there. Pat, your own route to New York. Yes, well, something similar to Mike. Like I came here in '84, things were work was scarce enough in Ireland, and um, I suppose the first Sunday I was here, we walked in here, and my roommate said to me, "Will you do one part in the game?" He was refereeing, and I said, "I will," and I probably never missed too many Sundays here since, to be honest. It, it, you often hear people, Pat, saying that when they're Irish in New York, when they walk into Gaelic Park, that there's a feeling of a home place to come to. Like that draw, particularly in that era, must have been a little bit stronger, was it? It was unbelievable here that time. Like even before I came, people met their wives inside in that ballroom, what the old ballroom was. Um, it went into the bar once the games was over, all the teams went in, and even you battled here in the field, there was no battle after. They all got up and chatted away about the games and it was high, it was very competitive at that time. Yeah. The games were very, very competitive. Yeah. It was great football teams, great Holland teams. Clare were very good here at that time as well, 84, 85, 86, in Holland and football. Yeah. We might get a, a sense from you in a minute about the, the cup, that people often talk about these legends that have come through Gaelic Park and we'll get into that more in a moment. But well, you're a more recent uh, newcomer to, to the States. You, you don't go back as far as the boys, we'll put it that way. No, no, I was a, I was a late year one or an hour, maybe J5, I'd say, <laughs> you could call it. Um, yeah, no, I'm here in New York five years now, so I think I'm, I'm well settled in, but um, I like getting back home as well. Yeah. What drew you here in the first place? Um, well, I suppose I spent a summer in San Diego first. Um, I was involved with the hurlers in St. Pete's down there, so that, that it was obviously nice on the, on the West Coast, nice and sunny. And I headed over this side and started doing a bit of refereeing and... I suppose I made a significant other then along the way, so that has held me here a little bit longer as well. So, um, 
Yeah, here I am. Yeah. But no doubt you're, you're glad to have that no clear connection back, that 17-year absence, like clear people coming over to New York now, they can still wear the jersey, albeit in Gaelic Park rather than Cusick Park. Yeah, look at I mean, um, you know, my perspective is probably different to the boys in that, you know, they've seen it all here and, you know, I've spoken to lots of people going back through the years and just a really strong, uh, proud Clare heritage. Um, I think that's very, very much so back right now. Um, and the lads that are coming over here, like for any of the Clare boys coming over, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely to be able to walk into a setup. And, you know, we have, we have a strong, we've got a strong setup here. But it's really, really good to be able to come from Clare or, you know, we've got boys from Cork and that as well. And, uh, you know, just to get straight into it, I think boys came off the flight and we had one guy arrived in uh, training the following evening and nobody even knew who he was, you know. So that's that's a little bit different from the system at home where everybody knows everybody else in the parish. So I think at the start of every year, there's a little bit of work to be done on names and getting to know people. But... I think we've got a good, we've done a good job on it. Yeah, absolutely. And that championship is a, a testament to that. And Mike, I was talking to Big Kev, club man of the year there before we headed out to Getty Park and people can hear that interview as well. But he was kind of saying about the, we'll call them the non-traditional GA people that have maybe had that background in lacrosse that are natives of the area here, but got drawn into hurling. So it's not only that you're spreading the GA gospel, you're spreading the Clare gospel to these people as well. Oh yeah, we have probably half a dozen homegrown players, some of them. Maybe half of them started out maybe when they were seven or eight. Their parents would have been Irish and we were start, the club started around that many, probably going back, what, 15 years ago. So they would have started out that time. Plus we have a couple of lads that never hurled up to two years ago but always wanted to. Mm. And they've come in and, I mean, they've really added to it too because you have all kinds of types and in, in, you're on the, it was great to mix them all up together you know yeah. and now having a championship win under the belt making a step up to the next level next year but please God you know lads that want to travel they'll have that connection as we mentioned so you'll be growing the panel strengthening the panel well yes and I mean it's our hope that we'll have two teams next year that we'll have a junior and a senior so we'll need that we'll, we'll definitely need we have a big panel now but you're going to need more guys, especially when you move up to the senior here. That's that's a big step up here. Yeah, that, that's an incredible achievement, Pat, to have started up again after the absence and now staring down the barrel of two teams. It'll mean more work, but I suppose it's a great reward. It probably will mean more work, but absolutely it is. We're glad to have it. Sure. I mean, look at our dance tomorrow night. There's almost 300 people. I mean, the more players you have, the more everybody wants to join up now. So there's a good buzz. There's a great buzz around this club right now between officers, players and members. You know what I mean? It's... It's going good. Yeah. You couldn't complain. And you've got great support from home as well. I think anybody that has seen a draft of the programme, there's an amount of ads from people from home wishing the club well, wishing Clare well. And that means a lot as well. You know, they can't get here maybe for the thing, but they want to support it all the same. Oh, yeah, fantastic support. Yeah, everybody we've reached out to, how can I help you? It's been unbelievable. And, I mean, as I say, we're lucky to have a great committee to... This is not an easy thing to get going, but we have a great committee, just like Noel and her backroom team. She is a good team, and so have we in the backroom, getting this dance all up and running. Yeah. And you need a good base as well, Pat and, and Ned Devines, is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> helps out. It helps out a little bit. She'll probably be looking for more money this year. <laughs> I'll leave that up to Kevin, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. And Mike, we, we spoke briefly there like of the history here in, in Gaelic Park and the great players that have passed through it. And I suppose maybe just to get a sense of your memories of some of the times that you've seen here. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that was a big, big attraction in the 80s when I came because it was, it was open borders that time. I mean, the... The All-Stars were coming out that time. I mean, the All-Ireland winners. I remember one year in, in 95 when Clare won the All-Ireland. Uh, Daly and Dyle came out here to play a final with Westmeath. I mean, they lasted on the day. I mean, I don't think it put too much of a dent in their year. But, I mean, you'd always look forward to lads like that coming out and heading out after them, meeting them and having a few drinks with them. So that was always good, you know. Yeah. They were probably celebrities before the, the Snapchat mobile phone age. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, a long time before that, yeah. I've often heard from Anthony, actually, he said if, if the mobile phones were around in 95, he, he, he wonders what way that might have turned out. But from your own point of view, Pat, again, like big days, big memories here. Oh, there was, yeah. Yeah, I think one of the first two or three Sundays I see Gerald Keefe was playing here. Uh, Pat Spillane and I said to myself how, how the hell how the hell did those guys been here but that's the way that's the way it was at that time I couldn't believe it like we had big Jim McInerney big Jim from Tullo was being Tony Nugent uh, Pascal McMahon uh, that was a good fit Tommy Keane 
there was a good few player guys around at that time. Settle lines, and actually Sean Stack was here for the whole summer. I think he might be here for two, but he was definitely here. Clare were very good, very competitive. So, but so was everybody else. Yeah. Like Larry Tompkins played here for a few years. Parik Dunn from Offaly. Um, Ian Conroy and a few. Yeah, there was just they were all high profiles players. Big. You wouldn't. You'd have to be a good club player to get on any team here at that time. Yeah. yeah. And, and well, it seems like that. The standard is rising. I mean, I, I watched back the, the final here that what's available on the the Facebook page for people that want to do that. But like an incredible level of skill testament to the, the guys that you have under your wing oh yeah I mean you know last year the junior championship was very very competitive um, we had four teams in last year this year we only had the three teams but it was um, double rounded and you know I I seriously think um, I might be I might be given out to, for saying this but you know if we had been in the senior championship we would have been in the middle of the pack um, you know with the double rounds or whatever so you know I think it's very very strong but that influx of players have come in and Obviously, um, every opportunity we get, we're mooting if there's any Clare players that are thinking of travelling for the summer. We're not trying to take any away from loan or anything like that. But if there's any boys thinking of coming over, you know, just to make sure that they reach out to us all and um, and strengthen the mould. And um, I think the one thing I said there last week, my, my wish is that, you know, that we will go forward and we'll win a senior championship in the not too distant future. Absolutely, we wish you all the very best with that. But Mike, we, we spoke at the start there, clubs, uh, obviously Lissy Casey, Tubber and, and Kilmele all represented here. Those clubs set up here in New York as well. And even though you're united under the Clare banner, I believe there's a, there's a small bit of a rivalry among it as well. Oh yeah, there's a big rivalry here. I mean, there's, there's, there's three teams here in the Bronx and there's, you know, we're always vying for players. And it kind of goes in waves. I mean, you know, you're strong for a few years and then one of the other teams takes over and it goes around in circles like that. But... Yeah, myself and Scan now would be opposing a lot of the time, but the, the, the great credit to the kids, I mean, they battle it out there, but they're the best of buddies, they really are, you know, when it's all said and done, they're all up to McLean after together, even the young, from the youngest to the oldest, so um, it's a healthy rivalry really, you know, yeah. Yeah, and just talking to Kevin there a while ago, Pat, like he was saying, the number of underage players in New York is, is growing all the time as well, and like that's really encouraging to see as well, isn't it? Oh yeah, there's there's been great work done here in the last ten or fifteen years at underage level, oh, un, un, unreal, unreal, and that's a testament to the faded teams that went home, like they got beaten the final, they won one final, and all New York teams have gone home. Most of them can definitely compete with a lot of Irish American kids. Yeah. Yeah, we, we see that in the last couple of weeks, the New York team winning that shield uh, in, the, in the Dome in Connacht as well. Like, so that's encouraging that you're not just travelling home to make up the numbers either. No, no, no. I think the guys put a fair, decent effort into that. So, I mean, they can only go, I think they might have a team going home next year to compete in the Lowry Maher, something like that. That's what I believe. So it's all the help. So another couple of years, get a couple of the young Irish-American guys on those New York teams, whether it's going to be hurling or football, I think they'll be well capable of holding their own. Obviously, football at underage would be the biggest. Yeah. As I think the kids here at underage, when they come 16 or 17, the hurling goes back a bit, unless, they can, unless they're very good. Yeah. You know, that kind of way. Hopefully that'll strengthen and well I want to just come to you on this because when we posted on social media that this trip was happening uh, one of the first men to ask could he sit in the plane beside me was Tommy Gilfile uh, our own analyst at home Tommy if you're watching hope all as well um, he said he'd be coming home he has that connection to New York as well but it's just one example of all the greats that have that tie Absolutely I remember um, watching Tommy going back in the day and what a stalwart he was I mean I think there was a big family of Gilfoyles there but um, I suppose I couldn't um, I couldn't um, not take up the opportunity to, to, to put it in. Um, I think he was wishing he was on the plane beside you, but to offer the opportunity that he might come over during the summer and help us out with a few training sessions and any help any help is appreciated. Yeah, no doubt. I, I know I've asked him as well to maybe give a hand out with Clambunny is home, so he's as happy to go to the Bronx as he is to West Clare, so there's all that involved. Mike, it, we, when this goes out, the function will have been over down uh, not too far from here, I believe. It'll be a proud night, no doubt. Clare colours adorning here in New York and everybody's celebrating the one thing. Oh yeah, for sure. The, you know, there's, there's, Like Scan said, there's probably close to 300 people coming out without, without a push. I mean, that was just put out there and they, and they showed up and uh, it's great for the young boys. I mean, the the players themselves are really looking forward to you know that they, they, a lot of them would have starred at home and done very well at home and um, you know they, they really value this junior championship I mean they really do and, and, and they're very happy with that you know Pat final word to yourself uh, looking promising then for the coming years oh definitely Derek yeah looking promising to keep it going now and thank you for 
helping me out and supporting us and for all your help during the week. Delighted and of course a big thanks as well to my landlord for last night, a clubman of my own, the sub goalkeeper Joe Egan, better known around these parts as Richard Gear, I believe, is that correct Pat? <laughs> That's correct, oh yeah absolutely. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that word on that. Uh, yeah. Guys thanks so much for taking the time and uh, congratulations and best of luck going forward. Thank you Derek. Thank you Derek. Thank you, Derek. Thank you. The views there of some of those involved with the Clare GAA New York hurling team and you can check out a video of that interview, it was down in Gaelic Park on the Clare FM Facebook page now. There was also a vote for the Players Player of the Year. That one went to Kilmady's Aidan Kennedy. Great year put down with all like the Clare junior team and there's some numbers there and to get their vote as player, Players Player of the Year, like couldn't ask for anything more, like chuffed with the whole lot of it now to be fair. The lads were saying you had a fairly impressive championship yourself over here. Uh, yeah, it was grand. It's handy enough when you're kind of a bit small and quick when there's a few other lads around you, but uh, especially when the lads out the field are putting in the ball, so low to a small man like myself, it goes a long way, like to be fair. Yeah, off the hurling field, the decision to come to New York, how did that happen? Uh, well, it wasn't actually my decision first starting off. I was in college with a lad and he kind of threw out the idea that we come out here on the graduate visa and we all just kind of jumped on the ship and a good crowd of us came out and geez, we're delighted he came out now, to be yeah. fair. And it must have been great to have uh, that Clare hurling brand to fall in under then. Oh, it was great, yeah. Well, before I even came out here, obviously, Mike Kennedy, a relation of mine, so he's involved in the Clare Hurling. Before we came out, I got onto him as my contact out here, and you know, he asked us, would we play? And, of course, we were all for playing then as well. So, no, it was great to meet the boys from all over the place, and obviously the Clare lads that we would have known growing up as well, like so, yeah. A great night here tonight. It's that little taste of home, I guess, inside in the middle of the Big Apple. Ah, it is, yeah. It's great, great to see all the Irish turn up here. And obviously, you've a good lot of Americans here as well. But in fact, there's nearly, whatever, nearly 300 people here tonight. It shows the support that is there from all over, really. Like, You'll be looking forward to next year. You have plans to stay on? I do, yeah. Plans to stay on now. Obviously, up into senior this year. So we'll stay on for the summer. Obviously, there with two other boys as well. So we'll all stay for the summer and hopefully do some bit of damage in the senior championship this year. Aidan Kennedy of Kilmady there. Well, one of the big celebrations on the night was for the clubman of the year, Kevin McMahon, better known around New York as Big Kev. Originally from Ennis, he began by telling me about his own career with the Townies. It was all right, I'd say, but I was kind of more there for the crack, to, like I'm more of a man for the crack now than playing now. And um, yeah, I stopped playing as a minor, I got, I got a bad injury and I'm sure the boys are home, they know what happened to me and I won't, I won't explain it, but... Um, yeah, I, didn't, I stopped playing. I came out here in 19 and I got a bad injury, so I wasn't going to play again. I was out for nine or ten months and I never got back in the swing of it. I played, I played one game last year for a couple of minutes. I came on off the bench now, but that was more of a novelty then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, no, I, I, I wasn't much for her now, but yeah. I was always there for the crack. Went to all the games and won them boys, you know. Yeah, yeah. And you've obviously transferred that into the club here. I know it was revived after, I think, was it 17 or Yeah, 15. And then come back and, and to win the championship. There must have been a great buzz around that at the time. Yeah, because we actually, myself and Scan and actually Joe Egan from Quilty, we tried to set up this team about seven, eight years ago and it was tough. Now. Like You only have, guess, the first year you can get a certain amount of hurlers and there's actually only three clear hurlers actually registered in New York about 2015. So then it fell through that. Then the well approached Scan, Noel coming, and then Scan asked me, "Is there any many lads that might play a bit of hurling or football?" And I kind of said, like, "I know a few lads. I'm kind of well known, but I went to college for boys in Queens. There's about 35 clear lads out here, though, nearly. And then I think 15 or 16 lads ended up playing with us. And the first year was, was good, it was successful. Now it was tough, though, but um, you get very, very limited with transfers and sanctions. So we've got a lot, of, a lot of lads as like closet hurlers. They haven't hurled in years from around Queens and." Yonkers, Galway boys, Clare lads, a few boys from the north. There's, there's Cork and there's... Yeah, we got lucky the first year. We had like, you know, a good turnout. We were very well liked in the park, though, bringing crowds there. And like, mm. you notice know, we had 40 lads talked out with us first year. At least 40 lads played the game with the first year. Some lads never heard before. And I thought, yeah, it was a success now. We were lucky now. We could have won it, but... Then 12 months later, we won the, the junior final. And it was, like, it was all worth the wait then, you know? Yeah, and I suppose it meant that extra bit because we know when you come away from home... You, you subscribe to the Clare Champion, yeah, you turn yeah. into Clare FM, we hope. Yeah, and, yeah, you yeah. know, does it, you, you're still looking for that connection back. So to be able to wear the Clare jersey out here and, yeah, and the vines on the front. Yeah, yeah, it just, it's, it's, it means a lot, you know. Like, it's, it's kind of, I see, like, lads, like, like, even Shawnee Dilger and Finn O'Reilly, like, lads I knew from home, they were two captains this year, and they kind of, like, you come away half, halfway around the world and they're side by side in the sideline, like, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's a good feeling, you know. It's, it was great to see. I was very happy now I went through and I'm happy to be involved. And 
I got the, I know how I got club man near then and I saw it's, it means a lot. Like everyone, I don't know, see, I know, but just, I'm happy, I'm happy to involved though, it's great. Yeah, but it, it shows that you still yeah, are healthy, I guess, because yeah. we can even see here, we're, we're in the Divines, we've only been here a, a couple of hours, but it's, it is that hub for, for the Clare people around here, isn't it? Yeah, if you look on the wall, the Wi Fi code is up the banner, and like even last year, the ones that are fine, like I, I, I was sick of letting go home for it, but there's 70 or 80 lads on like Clare lads on J1ers out here, and it was just as good as being at home, you know. My, my local in Ciarán is just as loud and busy and half in the morning, but 200 lads here watching the game. And no, it's a home away from home, and this is it's basically the 33 county, and this is this is probably the you know the home. Not only the home of GA, but it's one of the home homes of GA yeah. now in New York, you know. Yeah, and I suppose it you it's the likes of people that are away that maybe make the extra effort to yeah. see the games because you know a half three start in Torles is a half ten yeah, start yeah, in New York so yeah. there's a bit of organising in that yeah and then you get the half eight starts like you know you leave in the bar like, I'm working a couple of Saturday nights you're getting home at five in the morning and you're in here for half eight to show the game a couple more lads here and it's just it's, it's, GA is constant in New York you know you're, there'll be games on the Gaelic practice like ten, ten at night and then you're you're showing games here in the morning eight, eight a.m. in the morning like club games and like Aero games on here Lissy Casey games over scan and Quilty games on and like lads from all over come to watch games here, you know, it's a great, it's a great hope, you know, it's, it's a great family here now in Netherlands. I'd say that has helped a lot, that's the streaming particularly of games in the last couple of years to open up, like the county games would always be on, but I guess to have the club games oh, now as well. Oh, 100%, yeah, 100%, like, like even Quilty, Quilty and Milltown there two years ago, see, the bar was packed here now, and it's good crack though, like, 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 like this bar now, you have people from all Lake of the Woods, you've, like even the Galway lads here, and there's a couple of boys up the north, they, they hear the crack here during the day, boys slagging each other out. Like scanning Joe Egan breaking balls about Quilty and Lisa Casey and then then they actually even like the boys from outside of Clare they actually want to watch the game because they want to hear all the crack during the weekend and build up and yeah it's great like people actually come in to watch the games and aren't even from Clare they never even heard of Airog or you know Lisa Casey they just come in because the, they know the crack will be good in the bar you know yeah. tell me how did you get involved here in Ned? Uh I was working as a porter downtown and then the old boss here the great man Danny Dugan he approached me one day, he, he knew my days off for Tuesday and Wednesday and he, he asked me to do a couple of shifts and I said I'll do one or two and I sort of got dragged in here and I got, I got in left my other job and, and then I was full time here then around seven years ago. Then, um, then I, worked for, yeah, I worked here for two years or two or three years and the bar was going for sale, not sale but um, Scanner approached me, it was kind of, we were getting involved with him and to take it over and that's five years ago now still and we're still here and we're going fairly strong now and Happy out now, yeah. 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 You sound like you're settled here for a while, oh, anyway. Yeah, this is my, uh, it's my home for now, and I'm fairly, I'm 28 now, and I'm here nine years, and I can't see, uh, home is home, but I think this is my home for now, and I you know for long term now, it's a... Yeah, but you'll still always have that very spe- special oh, yeah. connection to Clare, like, oh, yeah. like your mum and dad are out here now the weekend oh, to go celebrating yeah. with you. Oh, I, I love, yeah, Clare is my, that's, that's, that's when I was reared, I'll never forget it, and, but um, I love going home, but it's... Lucky that it's only a couple hour flight now, but um, no, this, this is my this is my, this is my base now, and I happy enough for near 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 future now. Long long may <laughs> rain, you know. Yeah, absolutely, and of course next year then from a hurling point of view, you've intermediate to look forward to. That's going to be another step up. No, it's actually it actually goes it actually goes from junior to senior, so intermediate, but it's still it's a big step up now. Um, you know yourself and back home like fishing only around nearly two years, and the standard is is big now. It's it'll be tough now. Like you want to get a couple more, hopefully a couple more lads come out for year visas and stuff and we look at them boys that tug out but no it's, it's very competitive out here there's five teams out here and so it's all local teams all local derbies and no it's it's not easy <laughs> it's yeah not. The junior was that it was tough last year but still we kind of got, 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 got in like fairly handy now not to be honest now but um no the senior that was a different kettle of fish now and yeah, so hopefully you know, we, we give it, we don't, we, we give it a bit of a lash now, you know, which I think they will now. There's good hurdles there, and there's there's a few more boys from Clare coming out. I won't mention names, but <laughs> I get in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> but um, no, I'm no, it's good, no, it's good. You want a bit, of, you want you want that bit of bite though, don't you? That's what you play for a bit of competitiveness, and no, happy and happy, happy now, and to see how it goes now, and hopefully now we can rattle it now, you know. Yeah, and it's just to finish up on that. I know you can't give away names, but. <laughs> As much as anything else, I suppose this is about promoting the fact that Clare hurling is alive and well here in New York. So when Clare lads are coming out, they want to continue wearing the saffron and blue. They can do that, and if they want to find out how, call to the Divines. That's the message. Yeah, it's, 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 Clare is not like Clare at home, but like, like I, I always dream of wearing a Clare jersey and at home, and I got to wear it last year. The pair, it's something similar, you know, same saffron and blue, same Clare crest, but with, with the New York style. But um, there's lads 
they want to come out here like they get in touch with us and we can help them out with work and accommodation and even if you don't want to play hurling us any clearman just anyone clear college just text like it's a good community out here. everyone looks after like we all came out here in the same boat mm. we all wanted to get sorted accommodation jobs and like everyone does look after each other and and if you're from Clare, especially, you know, a bit more, you know, you look after the boys a bit more and, and if you want to play with the hurling and, you know, it's an extra bonus. It's, it's not as serious back home as the hurling. It is, but it's just more, it's a very, very good community to get involved when you first come out here, you know. It's very, it's a great hope and you get jobs, you get accommodation, you meet friends and it branches, branches out, you know. Like there's one lad who came out here two years ago, he from Clare on his own. Now he's, he made friends with 40, 50 lads like that, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's, he thought he would like it out here. Next thing he's still here now, 18 months, two years later now and... Having, living the dream as he says you know yeah, and, and he thanks Claire Hurling for that you know yeah yeah great yeah given it's a big weekend for you thanks for taking the time to talk yeah. to us it's one you'll enjoy no doubt I, I, and he's a set of proud one yeah probably yeah, I'll, I'll enjoy it now hopefully yeah, we'll have a good celebration that's big Kevin McMahon there the club man of the year for the New York Clare GAA club big thanks to all the crew stateside for a mighty weekend and hopefully we'll be heading back there to celebrate a senior success before too long we turn now to soccer where Avenue United and Newmarket Celtic are in action this weekend in the FAI Junior Cup. Avenue make the trip to Cork as they face local side St Mary's. Manager David Russell has been looking ahead to this one. Deja vu. We're on the road again. FAI, we're still in it after Christmas. So that's always a positive and a tough trip down to St Mary's in the Cork to Junior League. Yeah, but we're looking forward to it. How is the form coming into this one? Um, are you happy with how things have picked up since that break? Yeah, all good. A um, couple of games after the month off break, we've won both of them. Had a couple of friendlies over the Christmas as well. Trained well. We've everybody available. We'd actually 21 trainer last night, which was a good thing. So we are travelling strong. Uh, we've the usual Derek, as I said, it's deja vu. But we've done our research. We've watched them a couple of times. They're struggling at the bottom of the first division, but they've got this far, so we're not going to take them lightly, and we'll go down there with the utmost respect. Yeah, and I know you're, you're, you feel you're in good form, but I guess like the, that Christmas break is welcome to maybe let lads chill a little bit with an eye to the, the business end of the season. But I suppose picking up after that again, it's always an unknown. Like you, you, You're never sure is the pre-Christmas form going to carry into January? And we talked about it and I suppose like we had a good chat about it before the break. We knew the break was coming. We had a big chat about it. We decided, you know what, we'll have eight days off just to let everybody reset, give the bodies a break, give each other a break from each other talking and all that. But we went straight back into it after eight days and we trained as normal over the Christmas. We played two good friendlies against two Galway teams that are both in the FAI and training never let up. So we've hit the ground running again. But you have to be mindful of fatigue and overdoing it. But I thought the eight-day break was nice and then players were like, let's get back on the horse straight away. So we've hit the ground running. We've had two good wins in the league and we're more than ready for the trip to Cork tomorrow. And I know that when you speak to people before the Christmas, it's all about everybody says, look, at, let's see what we can still be in uh, come January. And maybe that renewed focus now, it won't be long until the, you know, that, that finish line for the season comes comes into sight. January is nearly gone at this stage. like So I suppose that will bring a renewed focus for players as well. Yes, we've, we've had our targets, um, unfortunately, knocked out of the Munster by the market and fair play there in the last 16 as our Bridge United. Uh, or sorry, not Bridge United, Shannon Town. I was at the Bridge United game. They were very unlucky to lose on penalties. So best to look to both teams in that in the last 16. But yeah, we're focused. Uh, we're still up there around the top of the league with Newmarket fight for the league. We're coming into the last 32. So we're hitting our targets. And I keep saying it, everybody's looking forward to this. We had 20, 21 a training last night. The mood is good. It always helps when you're winning games. I keep saying that. Keep winning, keep the positive mentality going. And we're absolutely flying it. We can't wait to go down to Cork tomorrow. Hopefully give a good account of ourselves as a club and representing the county no more than Newmarket will do then on Sunday up in Dublin. And I guess from a progression point of view as well, you'll have players that are quite ambitious. They'll want to move on to that next level. You know, there's a league medal and a cup medal in the back pocket now, but those outside competitions, particularly the FAI, so prestigious at this level. It's one of the biggest club competitions in Europe with the amount of teams that go into it. Like I think you need to win eight or nine rounds to get to the final or to win it out. We got to the last 16 last year, beaten on penalties. It's now a standard we've set ourselves that we have to get back to where we were the season before. So this is a huge opportunity to get to the last 16 again and then hopefully a draw. Never know. On the road again, who knows? But we'll take one game at a time at the moment and our focus is um, fully on St Mary's. They're going to give us a tough game. I've spoke to the managers during the week. They're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to it. 
the cold weather is gone, so we're hopefully expecting a good game, and we come on the out, we come out of it on the outside of a good result. Yeah, and just on that being on the road, like as we've spoken about so many times last year, it's nothing new. It's something you seem to thrive on. Um, is there a little bit less pressure on the road, or, or how do you view it? We're nearly expecting to be drawn out second in every FAI draw now. I think this could be the sixth out of eight draws in the last two years. Um, we like it. We have a good camaraderie. The message went out last night after training, what time we're meeting, what we have to do, what we have to eat, game of cards in the back, a bit of crack, somebody did have a speaker. It's a, it's an enjoyable day. Obviously, when you get the result right, it's a very, very enjoyable day. But it's such a good bunch of lads. Everybody gets on very well, management and players. It's it's almost enjoyable and the soccer then comes into it as well. So we get a good performance and we round off the day. Lovely. Avenue manager David Russell there. Now staying with soccer for Newmarket Celtic are also on the road this weekend in the FUI Junior Cup as they make the trip to the capital. Rohini, the opponents for Paddy Purcell's side. Owen Hayes is with me to look ahead to it. Uh, Owen, we'll, we'll talk Newmarket Celtic in a while but it would be remiss of me speaking to you not to, I suppose, reflect on the season you've had yourself to date, uh, not just on the club scene but obviously internationally as well. Um, I would imagine a 12 months or so to remember. Yeah, absolutely. Um it's been a big 12 months, Derek. Um, I suppose when COVID came along, I kind of asked myself the question, you know, was my international uh, career over, uh, for want of a better word? And I, I started to question, like, you know, would we ever get that 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 back? Like, even with, you know, pushing on with age and stuff and the competitions, would it, would it happen? But thankfully, um, you know, I was called in uh, to the most recent squad, and we've been very successful, obviously, with qualifying um, when we were in Bulgaria. And we've had a lot of, uh, you know, important games down through in the last 12 months. You know, we played the Ireland under-21s and we've played um, the homegrown team as well. So we've had a lot of a lot of big games against uh, top-quality opposition. And look, uh, I suppose qualifying has meant that, um, you know, you've international football for, for the next foreseeable year, like obviously hoping to be picked for the next squad but um, you know preparations are already underway for the summer um, I suppose you know even off the back of a, kind of a disappointing season last year with the market um, it's started well uh, this season like so you know uh, things kind of come around and, and you know things um, have started to kind of look up Yeah and you also not just the honour of representing your country but captaining as well that must have been pretty special yeah, it was. Um, to be honest, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, you know, I, pro- I am probably one of the more experienced players on the squad, but we do have a very established captain in Brendan O'Connell from Cork. Um, I think he's, you know, 80-odd appearances um, for his country. Um, but it just, I kind of felt that Brendan wasn't playing in that friendly against Northern Ireland um, up in the north. And um, I didn't know, actually, until uh, the meeting beforehand that I was going to be captain. So... It was um, an absolute honour and I suppose uh, the icing on the cake was scoring and, and winning 1-0 that day. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a, a night to remember, I suppose. And, you know, at the time I didn't really, I kind of had taken it for granted. Um, but one thing like that, I suppose, is part of the new kind of look for the FAI is um, there's been a lot of um, focus on promoting the game, like and even things like that you may you may think are, you know, not, not very... Um, important like promoting on social media Instagram Twitter like to see like a, you know it being promoted there was pretty special and people started to kind of you know see it a lot more and become more visual like and so I thought it was pretty cool Yeah hopefully more developments to come uh, as you said in, in the next while as well on that front um, from the market Celtic perspective then it's as you mentioned you know a disappointing season last year but a, a real sense of kind of steeliness about the way you've gone about the season so far now still involved obviously in all the competitions the far side of Christmas that would have been target number one um, and, and looked now to be nice and solid and, and in good form at the moment Yeah we are like um, last year you know look these things happen I always think that um, you know there's different um, kind of stages of teams and very like every couple of years teams have to kind of press the refresh button and kind of reinvigorate themselves and that's happened believe it or not a lot in the market people think that we've it's just been a continuation every every uh, all down through the years of success and stuff but when you actually look back on it and, and start to think about it you know we've had a lot of um, opposition teams like you know um 
like Avenue. I think I remember when I when I started out my career, Avenue would have been a big um would have been um a big team that would come up come up against us. Bunratty at the time as well. And then later on we had Shannon Town, Bridge United, like um and we've like different teams have kind of cropped up and we've had to, you know, obviously overcome those challenges. And look last year Avenue were a good side and they and they certainly um they certainly were deserved winners and they came out the other side but like you know we've had to reinvigorate ourselves and we've had to press the refresh button and we've definitely come out stronger we've got new players a new management system um and these things are, are all kind of um you know just part of the process of you know just looking at um the season that's gone past and just looking at what we can do to improve and definitely we've we've started very well like and you know we've got um a really good squad there at the moment and not just the experience that you'll be bringing from an international sense, but like Shane Cusick coming back from uh, bringing League of Ireland experience, Harvey Cullen obviously coming back bringing overseas experience as well. Like that's a serious melting pot. Yeah, we have we do have very good um, characters in the dressing room. Um, Shane Cusick obviously would be um, a key part of that. But like you know, you mentioned Harvey Cullen as well. Harvey is an absolutely outstanding player. Like he's really, really. Um, Helped us to, um, you know, solidify defence, um, in the in the wake of obviously, uh, kind of missing Stephen Kelly this year, um, but also you know you have to remember that we have a lot of uh, players on our squad as well, like the the likes of David O'Grady, Darren Cullen, Owen O'Brien is still part of the setup, uh, who, you know, a lot of experience and um, kind of couple that with the younger lads that we've added to the squad this year. Um, and we've we've a very good mix of like we'll say a blend of youth, but also um, the experience to kind of hone that youth as well. And it's been it's been very good, very very good so far. And talking of the managerial setup, obviously it's a guy that I would imagine had enormous respect inside in your dressing room as a player. Then he makes the switch to the sideline. Um, just watching him that day down for the Avenue match there before Christmas and almost Arsene Wenger look he's going for with that big long jacket, but except he can get the hands into the pockets in Paddy Purcell. Um, but like that transition from player to manager, I'd say the respect that he had from you guys as teammates, that didn't automatically transfer and probably made it a little bit more seamless, did it? Yeah, it did. Like, and like, what you have to remember is that obviously Paddy's had a stellar career at junior level, but like Paddy's career, as kind of from a League of Ireland perspective, was kind of over. Um, so if you kind of couple that along with uh, what he's achieved at junior level, um, it's incredible. Like Paddy was ca- capped for Ireland at junior level before he even embarked on a on a League of Ireland career, and then had you know a couple of hundred odd appearances at League of Ireland. Like, and you know it would be seen as one of the the best centre halves in, in in the league of Ireland when he was playing, like so, um, he like you see it in the dressing room. He uses an awful lot of the knowledge that he would have gained from playing, not just tactically, but even just from how people handle themselves, whether it be off the pitch, on the pitch. Uh, Organisation has been top notch as well, and I suppose he's he's used his knowledge uh, as well as the um, you know the the skills and the knowledge of uh, Stephen Austin, who takes a lot of our sessions. Owen O'Brien as well and um, they you know they've been very good coaching set up and you know it's we've had them all we've had them thankfully down through the years different people have came and gone and everyone has had their had their mark and Paddy's no different and they'll be looking to build on that this weekend in, in a competition I know would mean an awful lot to, to keep progressing there was that brilliant run a couple of years ago um, I think he ended up playing in the FEI Senior Cup uh, first round and that, if I'm not mistaken because of that run but um, it's an away trip it's it's a Dublin team it's you know it, it'll be tough there's no question about that Yeah absolutely um, I don't know much about the opposition if I'm being honest um, I know that um you know, Rahini uh, would be traditionally seen as a very good uh, footballing community, um, and that's really uh, all I know. And I like I've obviously would played with a lot of players in Dublin um, who play intermediate football, which is kind of seen as a kind of a maybe a, a higher level from junior football. But there's no doubt that you know soccer is probably the the primary sport up there, and they these guys will all be kind of ex, ex- League of Ireland and ex. Uh, uh, underage League of Ireland as well, but we do have a, a kind of a 
uh, an interesting relationship with the FAI Junior Cup. Like we've got to a semi-final and unfortunately lost an extra time. Um, we've lost a number of quarterfinals, so we've been kind of knocking on the door. Uh, sadly, the last number of years we just haven't been at the level required to, you know, reach the the the, la- the what was the latter stages. But um, that's very much different this year. Um, we're definitely competing at a high level. And we're looking forward to it. Um, and I suppose, you know, part of that comes from the domestic rivalry as well. Like, I mean, that it makes you up your game. And I, I suppose the knock-on effect then is that, you know, when you go to play uh, against teams outside of your own county, that, you know, that you are um, more competitive as a result. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to Sunday. Obviously, an away game is going to be difficult. You're dealing with, you know, hometown referees you're dealing with you know a, a place that you've never been before um it is on an astro as well now i want i wouldn't say that would have too much of an impact on us because we train every day on an astro turf so um and like you know the surface would be impeccable so we're looking forward to it and just finally as we said at the start you can't buy the momentum that you've built up so i mean that will be a serious positive that you'll bring with you yeah absolutely and like you know winning and I suppose not losing would be uh, a key a key part of that. Um, momentum is obviously linked in, inextricably to to winning. And it's funny, like if you look back on years gone by, like for example, the year where we lost the FAI semi final, um, we lost one, well, two games all year. Uh, so obviously we lost the semi final of the FAI, and then we lost, I think it was the quarter final of the Munster Junior. That was the only two games we lost all year. And we kind of look back on that season with regret. We obviously went unbeaten in the league and we also won the cup. And like when you think about the margins that are required to have a, a so-called successful season, like losing just isn't an op- isn't something that you can do like, um, because of the competitive nature even of the domestic league, but also the knockout nature of the uh, of the of these competitions. Like, and it's funny like you only look back on on these competitions and you only have one winner and everyone else is lost like you know so it's it's a, it's interesting when you think about it that way Oh and thanks for that Just time before we go to get this week's Greyhound Focus with Alan Troy Claire FM's Greyhound Update in association with Greyhound Racing Ireland because this runs deep Good evening and welcome to this week's Greyhound Focus Flowerpot Elvis made a three wins from three starts on Sunday night last at Clonmel Greyhound Stadium for the VHR Syndicate, which comprises of Gary Pepper from Fecal, Shawnee McMahon from the Market and Fergus, and Clare Castle's Tommy Hagerty. As son of King Elvis in Difficult Choice and trained by Paul Rick Campion from Tipperary, he stopped the clock at 28.93. And now to the action from Galway Greyhound Stadium. Astro Kiva, owned by Damien and Gary Pepper from Fecal, got the weekend off to an ideal start on Friday evening last, winning race five in an eighth, which was an A8 graded contest. She proved seven lengths too good in 29.44. It was career win number two for this daughter of Droopy Sydney and Astro Abbey. In race eight, Glynn's Cross Liz came up trumps for Tom Keane from Kumahal making it two wins from two starts with a 29.64 effort to take an A5 graded contest. Liz is a homebred daughter of Droopy Sydney and Glynn's Cross Styler. Last Thursday night at Limerick Greyhound Stadium, it proved fruitful for Mary Crotty from O'Brien's Bridge when she recorded a quick-fire double with little comrades Inislavski Romeo and Inislavski Urchin. Romeo, son of Romeo Recruit and Inislavski Swift recorded a remarkable 20th career win when landing the spiles in 29.78 for an A7 contest. And in the very next race, Inislavski Urchin made a two wins on the bounce and career win number 16, crossing the line in 29.81. And on Saturday evening, Snuggy Bunty continued his good run of form for Breda Casey from Newmarket on Fergus, making it two wins on the trot and a sixth career success with a 29-29 victory for an A2 contest. Bunty is a son of Paddy's Magic and Miles' girl. And what was a magnificent weekend for Fecal's Gary Pepper, Wizard made no mistake to lead from trap to line to claim the honours in an A2 550 contest. A son of Magical Bale and Coolavani Park, he recorded a ninth career success in 2012. And Bling Bling Paul was back to winning ways for John Meehan from the market on Fergus when he finished strongly to claim his 12th career victory in 30-19 over the 550-yard strip. 
Paul is the son of SH Avatar and Killinan Rena. And there was an extra night racing on Monday evening last, where Quilty Horace was to the fore for Seamus Burke for Minnes. As son of Droopy's cane and clockwork tip, he took command from the second bend to land his third career win in 29.42. That's all for this week, folks. Slán August Bannacht. Alan, thanks very much indeed. That's where we have to leave you for this week's Sideline View. Loads to come over the weekend. We'll keep you up to date with all of it on Claire FM.